Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey guys, I want to get started here. This is Joe McCall and Alex Youngblood with the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast, and we're doing video here. How are you guys doing? Good. Good to see everybody. Hey, hey, hey. Of course, my office is clean. Hey, mine's clean too, it's but not. you see I'm in a, you know, this is my office slash guest room, <laughs> but actually more of an office than a guest room for tax purposes, just in case anybody, you know. Well, and, and look how clean and professional Steven's office is. It's nice. So yeah. we know who the real successful people hey, are on this call. Uh, you will see here in the next few months, I will be coming from a completely different view, and it'll be it'll be pretty cool, actually. Oh yeah, you're building a new house. So have you you have an office in this house now, or? Well, you- I mean, yeah, it, and it will not be an office slash guest room. It'll just be a office, and I will be able to open up these French doors out of my office and have a nice water view and. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll probably build maybe, uh, or I'll probably have a uh, one of those white walls on one of the sides so I can stand up and do professional videos in front of the whiteboard with a marker and nice. all that stuff and be Smart. very impressive that way. Well, yeah. We'll all be real <laughs> impressed. So then are you going to be, uh, um, is this in the basement or in the main part of your house? Oh, no. Getting separated? This, it's a, basically, it's a ranch. Because uh, my wife wanted, we we saw, you know when we went house shopping a few years ago, we were like, well, we really like this ranch. So what we did was, is we wanted to put all the bedrooms for us and the children on one side of the house, separate it with a nice size great room, yeah. and then put a guest room on the other side of the house where you know in laws could stay or something like that along those lines. Then we did a finished room over a garage. Um, which has uh, basically is a media room or will be like a home theater setup because I like that kind of thing. And you go up a, uh, a few more steps, four, three steps, four steps or whatever, and then there's a hallway and then there will be the kids' playroom, okay. if you want to call it that. I mean, it's a bedroom, whatever. And then my office is in the back off that, which faces the back of the house, which you know faces the water there. So Kind of like above the garage still? Um, well, it's above and way behind the garage, actually. Cool. So it it works really nice. Do you have a basement? No basements in Virginia. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Why is that? Just the soil, the clay? I think it has to do with the, yeah, I think it has to do with flooding or being with soil or what, you know, something like that. But if you want a basement in Virginia, in this part of Virginia, you're going to have to look for a house that was built in like 1890 or early 1900s. (laughs) Wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. And so you're you're going to get a new computer, aren't you? When you get this I, new yes. office. Yes. Yes. I think I will get a new computer. Please. It'll probably get some like a, a Mac or something like I'm that. I'm begging you. <laughs> Please get a new computer. Those uh, of you okay. listening, you have no idea how long I've been <laughs> pestering Alex to just get something that's at least. Five years old. It's tax deductible, right? Five years old. Just get a computer that's at least five years old that will record these Skype calls that we've done. Well, I can record it with pretty May. Ladies and gentlemen, we've done, I don't know how many episodes now. 80 something. 80 right? something. And Alex has never recorded one. I have. No. I have. Them. No. <laughs> because he can't. He can't figure out how to do it on his computer. And it's so old. You're like he's running Windows DOS and. And it's just, I'm surprised we're be, even on this. It's, it's, it's one notch above DOS. <laughs> I think I think I have DOS shell. Do you remember that? No, but which goes to prove that you don't have to be an advanced technologically advanced nerd to be successful in real estate. No. No, you don't. But you could be a nerd. It's okay. <laughs> it still helps. Thank God. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, Real estate, I guess, you know, people go to realestateinvestingmastery.com to get our fast cash survival kit. It's a series of videos Alex and I did that explain how we wholesale deals, how we use virtual assistants, all the marketing that we do. We're going to be talking to Steven Johnson here in a minute. And um, all of that stuff that I helped him with and coached him with is the same stuff that's in that video series. So you got to check it out. 
And uh, I want to take some time here real quick to also read some reviews. We've been asking people to uh, leave us reviews. And uh, we've been getting some good ones here. I just wanted to read a few of them. Um, this first one is from uh, the Jackson Brothers. He says here, or they say, a must for all considering real estate investing. The podcasts are well organized. Well, I don't know about that. Led by experienced investors. Yeah, okay. And are short with focused topics. <laughs> I, I swear I didn't get that one from Fiverr. But, um, okay, so definitely a beacon for anyone overwhelmed by starting the process. Thank you, Jackson Brothers. That's good. Uh, Jam Yeager says, uh, keep sharing your expertise, please. Thank you again for this. Thank you very much for this podcast. As a wannabe wholesaler, it was important for me to understand all there is to this business. I am never going to get my real estate. I am, however, going to get my real estate license shortly. Thank you again. And I'll read one more here from Tampa Bob. This is in your neck of the woods, Stephen. Um, I think this is Robert Smith. Does that name ring a bell? Nope. Okay. I just recently came across Real Estate Investing Mastery podcast and have found the content very useful and relevant to my real estate investing business. I'm pleased to have found so much real-world information in one place. This is a site that I will keep bookmarked and will return to on a regular basis. I appreciate the written text of the podcasts, which we just started doing recently, that are included so I can refer back to a particular spot in the podcast. I also appreciate the links that are provided that are related to that particular podcast. Well worth the small amount of time invested for all of the information and education provided. So thanks. Appreciate it. Um, so, you know, please leave us a review in iTunes. If you go back, I forget which episode it was, but sometime in October, we did a little video. If you leave a review and send us a review, we'll send you some free stuff, like free books free videos, free cool stuff. So All good um, stuff. Yeah, yeah. In addition to the, the Fast Cash Survival Kit. So I got to say one thing too, and Stephen, um, appreciate your patience here. Um, let's talk real quick deals, Alex. Have you flipped or wholesaled a deal in the last week? Yes, actually. In my Facebook group, somebody was uh, asking for some motivation, I guess. Um, and wanted to see some checks, so I posted a quickie. Is what I call it. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> it was $9,500 check. Yeah, yeah, okay. $9, I was um, bucks, good. Yep, yeah, I was looking at, it was a deal that I was thinking of doing a new construction. Mm-hmm. Um, but the numbers only came out to where I would be lucky to make 30 I think. So, for me... Waiting that long and just being able to flip for ninety five hundred, I opted to go for the quick money on that in that situation. Nice, but that's a good yeah. check. Yeah, it was it was interesting situation too because the buyer or the seller <clears throat> um, didn't want to talk over the phone. I don't know if you get the, any of those. So he wanted to meet up, and um, you know, like, well, do you want to meet at the house? Do you you know where do you want to meet now? You know, I don't live in that area. You know, I don't live where the house is. I live in such and such. And I said, wow, okay, well, I actually live very close to that. So we went and met at a Starbucks. Um, and I just sat down and talked with him. Um, I don't I don't think we. I bought him any coffee or anything like that. But, uh, he didn't even <laughs> buy him coffee. Okay. <laughs> but we sat and talked for a little bit. And he's like, yeah, I've got this lot. Um, and I want... X for it or whatever it was, and I think his first number was like seventy five thousand, and I'm like, yeah, that ain't gonna work for me. So there wasn't a lot of rapport building going on. It was just quick to the numbers type type of person. Yeah, my favorite um, ones. And I hit him at like forty. I said, well, man, if I'm gonna buy this, got to be at forty. And he's like, uh, well, I can't, I can't, you know, I can't do that. Maybe, I, maybe I'll be at sixty five. And I said, well, honestly, my best number is gonna be. Uh, right around 50 and and I think we left it at that and we said okay well you know call me think about it type of thing and uh, he called me back and said well if you can do 55 then we got a deal um, and uh, I knew in that area there's a spot that one of my friends actually buyer um, and he loves that area and 
said he would he would pay uh, sixty seven five for it. Wait, so maybe I didn't get for fifty. What? Yeah, <laughs> I think sixty seven. <laughs> I think sixty seven was the number. And uh, are you sleeping, Joe? What? What? What'd you say? Are we, are we recording? We're talking about money. You're supposed you were to be excited. So long. Get to the. <laughs> Those of you That's that aren't watching the, the video, it, it's very scripted, right? So yeah, so sixty-seven is what I sold it for, and I think I got it for fifty fifty-seven five. That's what it was fifty-seven five, ninety-five hundred dollars. See Boom. if I ever ask you that again. Just like that. <laughs> And I, and I, I could tell you about another deal I was working yesterday, but we won't. I won't bore you with that one. Good. Having to crawl through a window to get in because I locked myself out and all that stuff. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> what I'm about gonna, you, Joe? Yeah, I'm glad you asked. Mine's going to be a lot shorter than yours. I'm doing. <laughs> I doing uh, some. I'm doing some partnering on some deals with a guy in Phoenix. He just ah. sent me an email today. Good news. Sean Terry's neighborhood. In Sean Terry's backyard. And this isn't with Sean. Yeah. You know, I don't know why I'm not partnering with him, but anyway, I've never, I haven't even thought about talking to him. Uh, My partner here says, good news. Got another check coming for your team for $6,453.50. Yes. Get this. We originally had it under contract for 170, was marketing it for 183. Uh, We, wasn't moving, so they went back to the seller and negotiated it down. I mean, how many times have you done that? Right? So they negotiated it down from 170 to 161, and they sold it for 175. So the total profit's about seven or uh, of 14,000. Is that right? 13,500 about. And uh, we're splitting that 50 50. And. Uh, Cool thing. Are you Guess swimming what? over there, Joe? Your video looks like you're in water or something. Oh, I think it's, I don't know. It's a new, my new webcam. Yeah. But, okay, no, but here's the, th- here's the cool thing, guys. I never talked to the seller, never saw the house, never saw the buyer. Didn't do anything but send marketing for this guy. And um, it's going really, really well. And, and Steve Johnson, who's here with us, just yesterday, I'm going to sh- try to show for the video. I don't even know if this will work. But I have some checks here that he sent me. Oh, I don't know if I didn't even ask you if it's okay to share these. I'll just show the numbers, Steve. You sent me a text message like two days ago and said, Yeah, you just got back from vacation and these three checks were waiting for you when you got back. One was for ninety nine hundred, one's for six thousand, and one's for twenty two fifty. All dated October fifteenth, sixteen, seventeen, just like less than less than a week ago. Last so, week, yeah, man. We're, this is a podcast for deal makers. Bring it on! <laughs> you see, I just told two two stories of deals, Alex, in half the time it took you to tell your story of one. Yes, I'm sorry about that. Technically, it was four, Joe. Four deals. <laughs> time for Alex is one. Uh, that's all that's, right. <clears throat> that's because I was bogged down in the details. <laughs> You didn't do anything but send the marketing. I actually went out there and talked to this guy and got my feet dirty at Starbucks. That's good for you. And <laughs> the next time, you know, buy him a coffee and it might go a little better. It might. Okay, so cool. So that's a long introduction. Jeez. Gee willikers. Yeah, golly gee. So, Steve, Steve Johnson, everybody, welcome. Welcome you to guys, the podcast. Thank you. You are in the Fort Lauderdale, I mean... I always say Fort Lauderdale, um, the the Pinellas County area, right? Where do, where do you live? I live in St. Petersburg. St. Petersburg, Fort Lauderdale's on the other side. Mm-hmm. Why on earth I get them mixed up? I don't know. Um, but uh, St- Steve and I, I think we first met. You were at my church in St. Louis, mm-hmm. and it was so funny because yeah. uh, I'm walking by and he says, "Joe McCall, Joe, Joe McCall, you're from St. Louis and you're visiting some family here." And uh, Joe McCall from the podcast, I forget what you said. And uh, so, yeah, sure enough, Alex, I mean, we're famous. We get people that stop us on the streets now and at church. Joe from the podcast. But uh, so we started talking, found out, you know, started getting to know Stephen. He lives in Florida. Um, You were working a full-time job. You got a beautiful wife and one kid. And, well, I won't say anything more. 
because maybe you haven't announced it yet. I don't know. <laughs> but but you just kind of did. But I just kind of <laughs> did. <laughs> so, oops. Nice one. Yeah. We'll, we'll release this out later on. There I think go. I think by the time we release this, I mean I'm sorry. If you want, just let me know and I'll e- edit that out. Edit. <laughs> okay, so um, got a beautiful family. You're working. Uh, you're working a lot of hours, weren't you, on your job, mm-hmm. Stephen? Yeah. And um, you talk a little bit about your story. All right. So where were you working? Kind of what were you doing? I was working as a project manager for a large concrete restoration company in uh, in Florida, and they're actually an uh, international company now. But uh, I was working for them and, and doing pretty well. I was restoring historic and commercial properties, um, anywhere from $2,000 projects up over $3 million. And um, I was probably working, you know, 50-plus hours a week um, there and then coming home and, and doing this part-time um, and kind of growing the, the business on the side with the anticipation that one day I would do this full-time. Yeah. Were you happy with your job? Uh, originally I was happy with my job. Um, I grew less and less happy with it as time went on. Yeah. It's kind of a, talk about how tough it was for you to balance the, the work, the real estate stuff, your family. You know, was that challenging for you? Yeah. Yeah. It was challenging. Um, we, you know, we would, we would wake up Well, I say we, uh, my wife is a stay at home mom. So she's my, my partner and everything. She really has been a huge support the whole time. Um, but I would wake up around five o'clock in the morning and, and go and work out with a buddy of mine um, and then head to work at seven um, to be there around eight or whenever uh, whenever game time was. And whether I was going to a job site or I was going to the office um, and I'd work a full day, usually um, leave around four or five and then come home and eat dinner with the family, spend some time with my wife and daughter. And, and then we would start returning phone calls at, you know, the seven, eight o'clock hour and, and try to lock up a few deals. Um, to wholesale or even for ourselves. And we started out as cash buyers for ourselves. Um, and the first deal we ever did ended up being a, um, an assignment of contract, which we didn't expect, but it turned out that way, which is where we're primarily focused now. So yeah, we had a tough time because there was a lot of hours and my wife was really trying to help me. But with the two-year-old, it was really tough for her. Um, so we were kind of going back and forth. And my previous job, they really uh, required a lot of out-of-town time. And as you grow within that branch, you were out of town less and less. So it was uh, more appealing to, to grow within the company. And the pay was more than decent as well. So it, it made it really easy to stay. Yeah. Um, and one day they, they came to me and, and we had, I don't remember how much closing, but it was a, it was a uh, five-figure month or week for us, which was a great additional income. And um, my boss came to me and said that, uh, he wanted me to go out of town and run a project, and I, I just told him I'd have to think about it, but I was I was really going to have a tough time going out of town. And um, I went home the uh, that that Friday night and and uh, went and had a little me time, some alone time, and um, had some fun and came back and talked to my wife, and we just decided that enough was enough, and we were going to go full-time into investing and uh, wholesaling. And what day did you quit your job? Uh, my first day of Independence was Fourth of July this year, so Independence Day. Woo! Touchdown! <laughs> Which is uh, ironically the day that my wife and I got engaged. So I have lots of reasons to buy big fireworks from here on out. Wow! How about that? <laughs> yeah. So you jumped ship. That was let's see, that's that was four months ago. Yep, give or that's take. We're recording this. Yep. Now. Um, Talk about your first deal, Stephen. When did you do that first deal? How did you find it? How did you sell it? Uh, the first deal I did, uh, because of my background, um, was going to be a rehab. And so when I first started uh, learning about the market and the properties in the market, I, I started attending the RIA meetings and, and meeting local wholesalers and investors and find out where people buying and what are people buying and, and what's, what's kind of going on around here. And I met a wholesaler who was doing um, lots of deals for another company. He was actually um, part of a team, um, a fairly large wholesaling company um, that's in our market. And uh, he came across a deal and he said, Steve, you got to check this deal out. He's like, if you don't buy this today, it's going to be gone in an hour. So I, I dropped what I was doing at work and I ran up and I gave him escrow money and signed the contract without seeing the house. 
uh, and then uh, we went over to take a look at the house, and it was it was a solid deal, and we were ready to do the deal. Um, it was a block three bedroom two bath, I think, and it had great bones, but it was ugly everything else. And um, we got it for I don't even remember what we picked it up for. Um, I hardly remember what we sold it for, but I do remember that we that we made um, I think it was six thousand on it. Nice. Uh, maybe it was five thousand, something like that. Um, but my wife was pregnant at the time, and she woke up one morning. And she's like, "I'm not doing this. I'm selling this thing." And she put it on Craigslist that morning, and by three o'clock that afternoon, it was a done deal. Sweet. So we wholesaled another wholesaler or assigned a contract that was already assigned. So it was actually a double assignment to an end user um, who rehabbed it and made twenty five grand on the deal. We went and looked at it when it was done. Awesome. And uh, I've since had lunch with the gentleman a couple times and um, and trying to foster that relationship but that was the first deal we did and um and it felt really good to to finally get a check because we'd invested a substantial amount of time and money into education prior to that so that was our first check nice and that was about two years ago yeah you can call it two years ago two or three years ago two to three years ago yeah yeah okay so um you you were you're talk about like between that first deal and the next couple years where you're trying to do real estate and trying to do deals and still working your job were you able to do all the marketing that you needed to do were you struggling with that uh we were having a tough time with consistent marketing um we were really good at getting stuff out and then when calls would come in we would revert our energy to taking the calls and then go back to the marketing and then back to the calls so it was very cyclical it was very up and down um, and we were only looking for ourselves. We weren't looking to be wholesalers. We were looking to buy for us. Um, so we, we didn't need to send out nearly the marketing that we send out today because we were looking for deals for, for our own um, portfolio. Can you talk to somebody who you know is still working that full-time job right now, wants to get into real estate? How do you balance that and still see – how do you be consistent in the marketing so you can still do deals? Does that make sense? Take the marketing off your plate. If Take it's it off on your auto- plate. Yeah, if it's on autopilot, um, I mean, there's there's um, multiple avenues that you can utilize to make the marketing fairly automated or to some degree automated. And if the calls come in, I find that I'm really um, committed to taking those. Uh, but when the calls aren't coming in, it's really easy to go to the beach for a little while and, and uh, relax instead of putting those letters out there. So if the letters are in the mail or your postcards are in the mail or whatever form of advertising you decide to utilize, if that's working for you and you don't have to do it, then it's a lot easier to manage the process from phone call forward. Okay. Okay. We're going to, I'm going to talk with you soon here, Stephen, about what marketing works. You mentioned the double assignments. Uh, you've done a lot of those kinds of deals, haven't you, where you've co-wholesale deals or you have other wholesalers that bring you deals Talk a little bit about that. Why do you like doing that so much? Uh, well, I like doing it um, for multiple reasons. Um, but primarily, I think it's a, a great strategy to keep your thumb on the market and find out what people are buying and selling as well as what other people in your market are doing. Um, if you can utilize people who are buying and selling a house or two a week and you guys are in the same network, you can share inventory to some degree. So when one of your buyers calls and says, hey, I got 50 grand and I got to get rid of it in the next two weeks, what do you have? If you don't have it, they do, um, or vice versa. And it's just a great way to keep inventory levels high and keep your buyers happy um, because when they call, you have what they're looking for. And when you have what they're looking for, they continue to call you. And if they continue to call you, you continue to earn. And it's, it's just a great way to do business. And when you find some guys in the market that you trust and you work well with, it's, it's a great asset to have. So how do you find two things? How do you find those other wholesalers that have property that they're trying to sell? And how did you find the buyers? Talk about the wholesalers first. How do you find those other wholesalers who have the deals? I started out by uh, by taking pictures of every We Buy Houses sign or 3-2 Block for 40K sign or any bandit sign that I saw on the side of the road. Um, my wife and I just started taking pictures and we collected, I, I couldn't tell you how many of them, but... Um, more than more than a hundred at least, um, but we started collecting those photos and those signs and and keeping those logged so that when we had a deal we could call those back up because those are wholesalers 
Yeah. Um, one of the better ways that I found um, when you go to the RIA meetings, there's usually one or two people who are going to stand up and they're going to list two, three, four houses that they have today that you're ready to close or they can close or vice, you know, in any way, shape or form, it's ready to close. Those are the guys with the inventory. If you just have a conversation with them um, and get to know them, you're going to connect with one or two. You won't connect with all, but if you connect with one or two big players in your market, you'll be able to utilize um, them to help you buy and sell your properties. We just interviewed those of you um, who are interested in this kind of stuff. We just interviewed a guy, Justin Wilmot, and released his podcast recently. It was really good. He does a lot of co-wholesaling in Florida and in a lot of multiple different markets. Co-wholesaling sometimes gets a bad rap. I think if you don't do it right, it, it, it cannot be good. Um, but there's a lot of guys who are doing well. Well, talk a little bit about um, you, you. So you're you're a networker, right? <clears throat> you know yeah. sellers out there who have the deals, and you know the buyers who have the deals. How does the process work? You know, if uh, if you if a buyer calls you up and says, you know what, I've I've got fifty thousand burning a hole in my pocket, I need to buy something now. Do you have anything? You say no. Then what do you do? And how does the paperwork work? Well, when they call me and say something like that, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go searching through the last three days of emails that came from wholesalers in the market. Usually, I'll just um, search for Clearwater, St. Pete, or Block, or three bedroom, or something to that effect to try to pull up the the, the latest and greatest inventory sheets. Um, and then I'll call the individual who has it. Um, I, it's really important. One tip I'll give: It's really important to know the people that you're co-wholesaling with, because if if they uh, if they don't have the contract in hand and it's a word of mouth thing, you could really get yourself in trouble. So um, the guys that I go to are guys that I know have contracts in hand. They're not wholesaling a wholesale of a wholesaler or, or telling you about a property that they heard about. They have it under contract, and we've we've worked together in the past. So um, there's a trust there. There's a mutual trust. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's really important. Um, it's it's people that you know and they have the property under contract. Mm-hmm. And then how do you get paid? Do you get paid at the title company? Do you assign the contract? Do you have a double assignment? Uh, it depends on the deal, um, but we've done it two ways uh, most prominently. One is um, I will buy it from them for X and then sell it for Y through an assignment. So it'll be a double assignment. Um, or if it's something that they own, obviously I'll just assign it. So it's a, per- a pretty traditional assignment in that case. Um, other ways that we've gone about it is that um, one individual will get the assignment fee and I'll submit an invoice or the other wholesaler will submit an invoice to title company. Um, if they were to submit an invoice, um, I would have to approve the invoice before the title company would uh, pay it out. But those are the two ways that we've found successful. Probably the cleanest way would be a double closing or a double assignment. That way you have at least temporarily some kind of interest in that contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're selling the contract. You're not selling the house, which is an important distinction to make, I think. Yeah. So cool. Um, I love that strategy because that will there'll always be deals out there, and um, it's just a matter of who you know and uh, being able to connect the dots. When you see somebody who has a need and somebody who has a property or whatever, I know of a guy um, who every day, or at least no, I'm sorry, once a week, he'd sit down. He had his huge list of everybody, investors, realtors, property managers, buyers, et cetera, et cetera. And he would call them all from top to bottom and ask them two questions. How's it going? You know, do you have a deal or are you looking to buy a deal right now? Do you have a deal you're trying to sell or do you have a deal you're trying to buy? And uh, just go through that list and then connect the dots. When somebody would invariably say, yeah, I'm trying to sell this thing. Somebody else would say, yeah, I'm trying to look for something. Great simple tip for anybody out there thinking about that. Um, let's talk about marketing, Stephen. Um, you've done a lot of different marketing. One of the things I've so appreciated about you and Sarah working with you guys is um, I tell you to go do something, and you're like, okay, we'll do it. And then we talk again a week later, and, well, that didn't work. Or, <laughs> or uh, yeah, that works. So how can we tweak it and make it better? But uh, you guys are huge, huge action takers. Which I, you know, I wish I could pat you on the back right there and say, you know, good for you because I think the key to your success has been taking action and uh, not being afraid to make mistakes, right? So talk about, you know, kind of the evolution of your marketing. What have you done that that doesn't work, and what are you doing now that you like a lot that does work? 
Oh, man. I'd have to say my biggest bomb, which I still have not given up on. I'm going to tweak it. I know what you're going to say, I think. <laughs> my biggest bomb was uh, vehicle signs. Is that what you thought I was going to say? Well, I was going to say the banner. The, yeah, that's – oh, that was a big bomb too. Yeah, that was <laughs> – that was um, – but I won't talk about that one because that was okay. just a small bomb. Um, but, yeah, we did. We've – I mean, we've done we've done everything from fly banners up and down the – um the beach and um that didn't work out for us but i i know it's a great marketing technique uh it just didn't work for me um another one that we've done um that was a, a fairly small commitment though yeah um the biggest commitment i made that i i still uh am up in the air about is uh we started putting signs on vehicles in this market mm-hmm. um that says we buy houses a phone number and extension and we got um man it's got to be 50 people now give or take five i got 50 50 cars out there right now with my sign and my phone number on them. And uh, I was expecting that once I got over 20 that I would never have to send direct mail again. <laughs> I was <laughs> the leads too. Just call in. Yeah. So we've got about 50 cars out there and, um, and uh, we're, we're going to tweak that, but we got 50 cars that run around with our sign on them and, and we get very few seller calls on it. However, we do get buyer calls on it. And we do get um, like contractor leads, property manager leads, people who would traditionally call a We Buy Houses Bandit sign is calling our vehicle sign. So Interesting. Um, we haven't made a ton of money with that one. And I've committed a lot of time and effort into that. But I was so excited about that strategy. Of, have you heard of that, Alex? Have you ever done that yourself or known anybody who does the vehicle stickers? Just like, mag- just like magnets? Not the magnets, the decals no. on the back window. It's a it's a huge oh, like yeah yeah it's yeah. Eight, it's eighteen by forty inches it's a it's a big sign wow but there's and a much, and how many trucks and cars with this do you have just one no about fifty wait 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 you paid somebody you paid that or you what did you do to say fifty people I uh, well I put an ad on on Craigslist I had my VA put ads on Craigslist um, I think every other day like every Monday Wednesday Friday or something to that effect and it basically said get paid for driving and the deal that I have with all the individuals that have my sign in their car is that I will pay them 10% of a deal that I close as long as it comes from them I got and, you. Uh, we've been able to successfully track it the challenge is that the people who call in are not sellers and not people, motivated sellers, huh? Yeah, they're sellers, but they're not motivated. They want retail above retail, or they're flippers who, you know, they're looking for another deal, or they want, you know, yeah. two fifty for a house worth two forty or something. Yeah, like no, that. I've never, I've never done that. I've thought about doing it with like car magnets and stuff like that before, but no, I've never, I've never gone fo- gone through with it. Well, there's a an individual from uh, who's in um, my titanium group for Life and Air who has a student who has 50 out there, and she claims to get much better response than I got. Um, so, and what I, market I'm, is she in, and what market are you in? Uh, we're in Tampa, St. Pete. I'd have to follow up on what market she's in. I've heard um, I've heard of people in Texas that are doing this and they're doing really really well with it. Yeah, yeah. So I, I know that there's a tweak that can make it work. So I haven't given up on it yet. Um, I just bought another hundred foot roll of vinyl and I've got the cutter and I'm going to try a different, like a different, um, message, maybe sell your house fast or don't list it, sell it or, um, Alex, one fairoffercom or something. <laughs> Do you <laughs> think, knows? I mean, that's probably a good idea. Vanity's, vanity numbers work the best for that kind of thing. Do they? Cause all I got to see it is once, you know, yeah. they don't have to be like, well, wait, wait, go back. Look at, look at that. What was that number again? Yeah, <laughs> the problem with vanity numbers is it's hard it's, to track. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, that would be good. I there's got to be something that you, you can just tweak, and I wouldn't give up on it either. I think that's it's no. really good. It's just tweaking, but yeah, we we got a lot of cars out there, so I, I would have to say those are my two biggest bombs. <laughs> you know what's interesting? You're talking about finding buyers from those car decals um you did a follow-up campaign recently to a bunch of seller leads that came in and you sent out uh voice blast or text messages or something to all of your old leads and you got a bunch of buyers from that didn't you really good buyers can you talk talk about that yeah so uh i i have a bunch of calls that come in and podio captures those calls the phone numbers they also capture the voicemail and when you're in order of priority you always get back to the voicemails first for obvious reasons. 
And uh, when the the remaining calls go unanswered, if you will, or unresponded to, um, you you could have potential deal loss. So we went to Sly Broadcast, and we we just input all of the um, no status leads, which is what they're categorized as. Um, all the no status leads went into Sly Broadcast, and we're going to start um, sending voicemails once a month or every other month. We haven't really decided, but it turned out to be a, a successful campaign and fairly inexpensive as well. Um, we went to Sly Broadcast and uploaded all the phone numbers, and I don't think it took me a half an hour to um, send a voicemail to, um, I think it was almost 700 people, give or take. Uh, from the last couple of months. So we sent out about 700 of those. I don't think we even spent a hundred bucks on it. And it was a voicemail um, to their voicemail. And the return call went to my, my cell phone voicemail, which was not really my cell phone. Um, but it, it seemed like my cell phone is a very personal message. So they called back and left a voicemail. And for the most part, the people who left the voicemails were people who were either interested in selling, but they you know, they weren't really motivated or they wanted us to opt out or they were cash buyers looking for more inventory. And we probably got six really, um, really firm cash buyers, what I believe to be firm cash buyers. We haven't tested that yet. Um, we, we left shortly thereafter um, yeah. for a little road trip, but um, they seem to be pretty good cash buyers. Talk about cash buyers, Stephen. What are, what are some of the things you've done to target cash buyers and talk about the importance of having a good, solid cash buyers list. Well, my list, uh, my list continually grows. Um, but in my list, you'll notice that I've highlighted certain individuals, and there's certain people um, that are really buying houses. You know, and and that list is very small. I would say less than twenty of my buyers are real, one or two a month buyers or more. Um, so I, I really try to focus on them. And as soon as I get a deal, the first thing I do is I'll is I'll I'll call those guys that I know are real buyers. Um, and then I'll have to market it, put out bandit signs and do all that. Um, as far as finding cash buyers, I'm a big fan of networking. I, I really enjoy networking and I find a lot of value in it. Um, and I think everybody should be at at, at least one real week or two reels a week. I, I try to hit at least two. Um, usually there's, there's three or four in a week and I hit, I hit at least two. Um, just two. Are you kidding me? Two a week? Mm-hmm. That's eight a month. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. In St. Louis, we have <clears throat> kind of three RIA groups that are, and the smallest one is, well, we have some real small ones, but they're small here. I mean, I can't imagine uh, having some of them that big and that, that meet that often. But, okay, cool. Well, there's a, there's a couple of really um, awesome RIA meetings in our market, and there's some – what I call heavy hitting investors, some guys who have been investing before I was born, just really, uh, really smart, driven and well-versed individuals who will, who are open to helping you. Um, so I really like to surround myself with people that are already doing it, you know? Um, and so I try to hit as many of those a week as I can. And the reality is, is that we've, we've gone to some of these meetings. There was a month, there is a Monday night meeting that I go to and and I joked with my wife that every time I would go to that meeting, I would come home with a check because it was like four out of six weeks I, I sold a property at that meeting. So it just doesn't make sense not to go. You know, you spend a couple of hours and, and when it's all said and done, you get to have a couple of beers with some great guys that are that are loving what they do and doing what you love. So it's a, it's a fun thing to do. Um, but I will, I will tell you, um, one of the things that I do to kind of uh, feed those buyers and, and and keep them thinking of me is every time that I do business with somebody, that individual gets a gift. Um, if you bought a house from me, you're going to get a gift from me. And um, for the most part, if you sold me a house, you're going to get a gift as well. I'm a big fan of just saying thank you. Uh, and even if it's if you're on a low budget and all you do is send a thank you card, you just did more than 99% of the people out there. So just thanking somebody for the business and sending them a box of cookies or a wine club membership or tickets to a hockey game or whatever it is that they're into. Yeah. Um, if, if I, if, if I send everybody that I do business with a gift, they're going to remember me. And I, and I find that very, very valuable and very important. That's good. Really good. Um, so you don't, do you do any marketing to find buyers or you're just finding most of them from the RIA groups and networking? 
I'm embarrassingly going to say, no, I don't do any marketing for buyers. Okay. Uh, I have in the past. Yeah. Um, now, so I, I don't need to so much anymore. All right. Let me ask you a question because Florida is a real competitive market, especially the Tampa St. Pete area, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of other wholesalers out there trying to do deals. Have you found that to be a hindrance or uh, is it, how do you look at that? How do you gauge that competition? Does that make sense? Yeah, um, I I want to say that a lot of people say there's competition here, and there is. There's a lot of people buying houses, um, but what that tells me is that it's going to be really easy to sell a house that I have because there's so many people looking to buy. Um, most of the people that um, that are wholesaling and buying in this market, um, if I can if I can hold hands with them and walk side by side with them and and help them close deals, then it'll be reciprocated in the future, and they'll help me close deals. So I'm not I don't look at other wholesalers as competition i look at them as a source for me to to find properties and find buyers they're they're uh they're a um an asset to me yeah nice very nice um talk about i want to talk about marketing and what what we're doing that you find is working well and talk about this whole issue of quality versus quantity when it comes to leads so first of all um full disclosure uh steven and i are doing marketing together so um We've I've been working with Steve and now we're partnering on deals, which I love doing. Um, and so I'm doing a lot of the marketing. I think you're still doing some on your own. But um, talk about what you've seen, Stephen, as being the marketing that's working well today in Florida, a competitive market. What's working for you? Uh, type of marketing. Um, we're finding a lot of success with the postcards. I, I really love the postcards. Um, the postcards, you can, you can touch a lot of people, uh, get a lot of calls and, and just a few voicemails. And the, the idea is that you get a lot of calls, but you don't want a lot of dead calls. You don't want to spend 10 minutes on the phone with 200 people. You want to spend 30 minutes on the phone with three people, um, and really lock those up. Um, I, I love postcards. Um, I also um, have not given up on yellow letters. I have a lot of success with yellow letters. Um, One of the deals we did um, was a yellow letter to a rental property from Zillow, wasn't it? One of our deals? Yeah. Probably. Yeah, the one I I called you about the other day, remember? And you you told me the story. Oh, Vine, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. yellow letter. That was funny because we were actually sending letters to the rental properties that were listed in Zillow. And uh, we didn't get a huge response from that. But uh, we got a really good deal out of it, right? Yeah, it's not a it's yellow letters. I found um, give me a lot of calls, but it's a lot of tire kicking calls. So if you're going to send yellow letters, I I believe that you should send them to a really motivated list. And the the postcards are just less calls, but better quality calls. So I don't spend as much time on the phone, but I still close as many deals. Now we have sent a lot of different kinds of postcards, and I keep on flip flopping on this issue of quality versus quantity. Is it better to get a lot of calls or is it better to get fewer calls, but better quality? And, um, I know guys that are crushing it, doing tons of deals and they're, you know, like uh, our buddy, Mark, um, mm. they're sending those obnoxious third <laughs> notice postcards, right? And yeah. they swear by it. And then the, my business partner in my coaching business, uh, Peter in Atlanta, he's only sending the third notice cards. And so, but then other people, like Tom Kroll, our buddy on the other side of Florida there, he's sending the – he wants as many filtered out as possible. And he's not even calling the hang-ups. He's just calling the ones who leave a voicemail. So, you know, where are you on this issue? What's your opinion on it, Steve? I would prefer to have fewer calls that are better quality. If I only got one call a week and it was a motivated call, that would be fine. Then I would just triple my marketing. And take well, three of course, calls. Of course. That's, <laughs> that's the holy grail, right? One call yeah. for every deal. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's but, not going to uh, happen. So, um, I, what I mean, do you, you've, you've been there though. You've gotten a ton of calls from some of our postcards and you had to just filter through a lot of them. What if you had the systems in place to filter through those leads? Wouldn't it be better then to get as many calls as possible? Yeah, that's, that's the next step. That's what we're working on. Right, uh, but I, I really uh, believe firmly that when you first start, if you send a lot of mail, you're going to talk to a lot of people and you're going to get a lot of practice. And once you get over the hurdle of talking to sellers and and you can start to 
to hone in on what they're going to say. I mean, most of the stories are, are somewhat the same, you know, but, but you're listening for certain, you know, uh, tones in their voice or things that they say, um, and you'll start to pick up on those. But if you haven't talked to a couple hundred people, you won't start to see the difference. But when you talk to that first motivated seller and you close that first motivated seller deal, you'll know what you're looking for. But you got to talk to a lot. So I, I really believe that getting on the phone and either cold calling or getting the calls coming in, whatever your budget will allow, if you're on the phone a lot, you will close deals. Right, right. Can you talk a little bit about what you say to sellers? What are some of the questions you ask? Uh, I actually have a script that I run through. Um, and this is, I think this came from Todd Toback. Um, but, uh, I, I basically say, uh, tell, they all leave a voicemail. So I'm getting back to them and I start out by saying that. And then I, do you want me to, to go through the whole script? Yeah, yeah, please. And in okay. fact, how about this? Would you mind if we gave that script away as a bonus to people who, uh, fine with me. It, um, it's Todd's script. <laughs> oh, Todd Toback. Yeah, this is Todd Toback's okay. script. Yeah. Well, let's do this. Cause I'd like to give away free stuff on each podcast okay. and, uh, so you go ahead and read it, as okay. long as it's not too long. But uh, anybody who wants a copy of this script, if you go to the show notes, we'll have that script in there. But go ahead. I'll just breeze through it real quick. Um, hi, this is Steve. I was getting back to you about the home you have available. Sounds like I caught you in the middle of something and then take a second and just pull away. So they say, no, 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 I can talk now, and then they're engaged. So that works. You do it, right? Yeah, I do it every time. It's amazing. All right, go ahead. Can you tell me about the house? And uh, the the killer question, it sounds like a great property. Why would you consider selling it? Yeah. That's it. And then uh, when were you hoping to be able to sell? What do you think it's worth? How did you get that number? What are the repairs? How much do you owe against the property? And then the money question, if I paid all cash and closed quickly, what's the best price you'd give me if I paid all your closing costs and real, realtor commissions? And then when they answer, you sound disappointed. Is that the best you can do? May I have the address? So up to that point, I usually don't even know the address. Yeah. Um, what's the best way to get in contact with you? That's their name, phone number, email. And do you have an email so I can send you a written offer? And that's it. That's it. That sounds really complicated. Pretty complicated. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you do you do any follow up with the sellers after you talk to them? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, what what uh, does your follow up look like? Well, if they're motivated, um, I'm going to meet with them yesterday. Okay. Um, I actually have an appointment right after this to meet with a guy who called me at uh, who called me late last night. But um, if, if they're motivated, you meet with them right away. If they're not motivated, um, you send them an offer. Um, and then I usually follow up within three months. So that's important. I want to stress that. If they are not motivated, you send them a letter. And do you send them a contract with that letter? Yep. Sweet. Yeah. And actually, the D... Go ahead. We get those back regularly. It's amazing. Um, but what were you going to just say? I was going to say the deal that, that you and I closed... I think it closed Friday. The check I sent today, um, Pine Ridge Road, that was actually a contract that I sent out. Um, I sent that one out at 32000 and the guy called me back two months later and said, hey, I wanted to accept your offer at forty seven, And I had a copy of the contract in the CRM. And, well, and he so said, that, yeah, he said you wrote on the contract or something, didn't he? Like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what happened. But he came back way higher than I offered him. I know right, that. Right, right, right. And we were able to find out and, and go back, and we met at, a, at an agreeable price. But you pulled it up in Podio, yep. and you were able to see what you actually sent him. Yep. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. And didn't you, go, didn't you offer even less than that? Uh, he, yeah, I offered 32000 and he wanted eighty five when we started. Okay. He wanted eighty five thousand, which was which is probably high, but not unachievable with a little rehab. But it was worth about seventy five. I offered him thirty two. It was a fifty five plus condo. I didn't really want it, so it was really easy for me just to say, yeah. "I'm not really interested. If you want me to buy it, I'll give you thirty two." Yeah. Um, we ended up meeting at thirty eight, and um, and I sold it for forty seven nine. Nice. Is what I got. Nice. That's almost a $10,000 profit, right? Almost. So um, all because you did some follow-up. And it's yeah. real simple. So you, what do you do? You, you tag that, you create a task in Podio to send a follow-up letter and a contract no. to the seller? I actually have all my contracts and stuff sitting right here and okay. envelopes. I just, it, as I go, I write them out and then I'll have a stack next to me. And at the end of the day, I just go put them in the mailbox and they all go out the next day. Do you include in some kind of letter? Do you attach a letter with it? Uh, the letter starts out, um, it's a, it's a one page standard agreement to purchase. And it just says after 
careful consideration of the current market conditions, and then a contract. So the whole letter is, is just prefaced with, I've, I've considered your property and this is what I'm going to offer you. And then I usually, um, if I want to say something personal, I'll write a little note on the back, but I'll stuff that in a handwritten yellow letter envelope and nice. send it out the door. So, so they important. have a contract, they have a, a business card, and they have a way to contact me. Because they're going to hold that. They may, they just sometimes sellers need time to cook. No means not yet. So they're going to get this letter, something in the mail they can hold on to. Three months later, six months later, after the realtor can't sell the house, after they kick the tenant out again, um, they're going to pull that up and say, you know what, I'm going to call this guy. And um, you need, that's why I love Podio so much, or whatever system you're using, you need to have a way that you follow up on every lead and send a contract to every lead so nothing falls through the cracks. That's, that's awesome. Really good. I've even been considering printing like a three-year calendar on the back of those. And that way, you know, some people like to have stuff like that. And even if one out of ten threw it up on their fridge, then my contract would be right there on their fridge. That's interesting. So I thought about doing that or maybe even getting uh, some magnets so people can put them on their fridge with my name and number on them too and sending those with it. Anything you can send would be good. Yeah. I got a couple more questions for you, Stephen. Okay. Um, you – you recently um, attended we're, – we're both in the Life in Air coaching program, which I really highly recommend to folks to check out. It's like Millionaire but with Life and Life in Air instead. If you go to – just Google Life in Air and you'll find their website. Um, talk a little bit about – you just went through uh, – you just went to a retreat recently. You and your wife sat down and really kind of focused on your vision. Um, talk a little bit about that process and why are you excited about that? You have to tell me which part because there's lots of parts to it. Is that oh, the well, vac- vacationing while I'm making money thing or which part? <laughs> well, why don't you talk about um, – talk a little bit about your vision. You know, um, what are some of the main – you know, not don't get too personal, but what are some of the main things you have in your vision now and how has it helped you give kind of focus to what you want to do in your business? Does that make sense? Yeah, um, I I can grab my vision. I don't have it next to me, but uh, the the basic premise is that I is that I want to um, represent the Lord in the best way that I can. Uh, I want to be a, a family man first and a businessman second. Um, and there's there's many aspects of that that I work on just a little at a time. You know, um, one of the primary things that I've been working on lately, which is um, somewhat minuscule, but is it, kind of a big deal. And, and for those of you that work a lot, you'll understand or who are really driven, you'll understand. And that's turning my phone off um, for dinner at night and then spending the rest of the evening with my wife and my daughter. So that's been a, a challenge, but life has helped with that. But um, to, to create a vision that's not business-focused was really a challenge for me. Um, when I mean, when I first started t- uh, talking about quitting my job, you were one of the, the individuals that I, that I really pulled in and asked to help me create a plan um, because I thought that you would understand um, where I was coming from based on your background. And uh, the vision part was really easy for me when it came to business. Right. Um, because it's it's very mathematical and numerical, and it just it just boils down to if I send 1,000 postcards and 250 yellow letters a week, I'll make X um, based on a formula. Now to, to figure out how to do that in less than 20 hours a week and still get to spend time with my wife and daughter – that's a much greater challenge. Um, a really smart man once said, anybody can make 100000 a year working 80 hours a week. But I'd be impressed with somebody who made $100,000 a year and worked 20 hours a week. And that really rang true to me. So my, my focus now has been on how can I um, honor my God, spend time with my wife and family, and grow a business that I can be proud of and happy in while not working more than 20 hours a week. Um, and currently, the twenty-hour week is is a challenge for me, but we're working on getting that down. So it sounds Did to that, me like, yeah, that's perfect. I mean, I love that. It sounds to me like you really decided with Sarah. All right, what can I do? How do I want? How do we want our life to look like? I mean, what's most important to me? And instead of having, like so many of us have done in the past, we have a business or our job that's kind of the center of everything that we do, and then around that. We try to fit in our life wherever we can. The time we spend with our kids, the time we spend with our wife. and uh, You decided, I'm going to reverse it. I want to develop 
a vision for my life. I want to put it on a calendar. I want my phone off at five o'clock. Um, and I want to spend time with my kids. I want to do this with my family, take these vacations, take these days off, et cetera, et cetera. And then, okay, what time do you have left? And that's where your business fits in, right? That's so important. My wife and I, we've done that as well. And we've been able to travel quite extensively to different parts of the world. Uh, we've got an RV. We're going around the country. I was thinking of you and your Harley while we were near Sturgis. Uh, a few months ago, near yeah. uh, near um, Mount Rushmore, yeah, it's funny. I, did I tell you I was talking to the guy at the campground we were at, and he said during Sturgis, it's it's insane because everybody leaves during the day, right? And then about five o'clock, you can hear this thunderstorm coming in, like literally, <laughs> it's like th- thunder from that you would normally hear on a huge thunderstorm coming in, and uh, it's it's the wildest thing to hear. But you write a lot across the country, and so I'm sure you have some of that in your vision as well, right? Absolutely, yeah, as much as I can. Yeah, okay. So the point is, you know, come up with a vision for your life and then design a business that will allow you to do that. And 20 hours a week is not that far out of your reach, you know, because your your goal isn't to make a million dollars a month. You don't need a huge multi-million dollar business to live the lifestyle that you want to live right right so with and and then also what's the key is into this as well as getting out of debt and -hmm. then if you don't have any debt you can easily in your sleep do 20 hours a week and do the make the kind of money you need to make to live the lifestyle that you want to live that's awesome kudos to you for doing that i'm so glad you were part of the the life in air thing um one other thing I want to ask you, and then we're going long here, but um, if you had to do it all over again, you know, go back three, four years ago when you first started getting interested in investing, what would you have done differently then? Mm. What would you have maybe focused on sooner or what would you have really focused on, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Well, I did it. This time I did it very comfortably. Um, but if I had it to do over again, I think that uh, – I. I think I would have um, invested more upfront in coaching, mentoring, and working with people who were who were really doing deals, and not just a deal here and there, but you know, eight or ten deals a month, and put myself next to those individuals. When when I quit this time, the first thing I did was say I need to align myself with people who are doing way more deals than I plan to do, and do whatever they're doing. And um, that was a, a big part of the beginning of leaving my. My job was spending time um, being mentored and coached by people who are doing what I want to do and they're where I want to be. Um, so I would have I would have put more into that up front. I, um, one of the things that, that I really believe in firmly is if you're going to make it in this business, and I'm, I'm very new to the self-employed side of this business, um, but if you're going to make it in this business, you have to send mail or whatever your whatever your acquisition technique is. For me, it's mail. If, if I'm going to succeed, I've got to send mail. And if that mail doesn't come out, I don't eat. So if I had it to do all over again, um, I probably would have spent more time, effort, and um, resources acquiring and aligning myself with individuals who are doing what I want or better than I want today and the remaining amount of my whatever I had resources I would have utilized for the process of acquisition. That's excellent. Let me ask the question a little different way. If you were to if somebody were to take you away to Albuquerque, New Mexico, okay, mm. and say you couldn't go back home to see your family until you did a deal and you made five grand, let's say, mm-hmm. and you didn't know anybody you only had a little bit of marketing budget. What would you do to start doing deals? Uh, I'd use it for gas, and I'd go to every RIA, and I'd meet all the wholesalers and uh, find out what they're buying and what they're selling. Okay. And I would try to get in on a co-wholesale somewhere and try to make a quick two or three grand. And if I made a quick two or three, I would dump those straight into postcards. Nice. So you'd co-wholesale some deals first, start networking. Yeah. Take the money from that, reinvest it in the postcards. Who would you send it to? Who would you send the postcards to? Well, it would definitely be an absentee list. Um, we've had really good luck driving for dollars. Um, some of our best deals come from driving for dollars. Um, time-wise, they're very expensive, but uh, I don't have to pay for a list. 
So I think the first thing I would do is I would start driving neighborhoods where those wholesalers were buying. Um, I, I'm a I'm a big believer in teamwork and um, and working together towards a common goal. And when you have somebody who wants to buy and sell property, and you have ten people who want to buy and sell property, somebody's going to buy and sell from one of those ten people. And I'd like to be that guy. Mm-hmm. So if I can if I can make a quick couple grand um, co wholesaling with somebody else, so I can turn that into my own deals, I will. Um, and then maybe there's just so many avenues. I mean, you can, you can go to yellowlettermail.com and they've got a turnkey system where they'll sell you the list, the first letter and the follow-up postcards. Or I know, Joe, I, I've used your system. I still use it. And it's a great system. Um, I don't know if you offer that to everybody, but, uh, but I know that I've been really happy with the partnership that we have going. And for two or three grand, I can go really far with that. Yeah. Um, so, so if you make a quick two or three grand, which may seem like a lot, it's, it's a pretty consistent amount of money to take that money and roll it back into direct mail in any regard. Um, even if you bought a bad list, if you send 6,000 mailers, you're going to do a deal, you know? So awesome. Well, you know, your, your story is inspiring. I love telling people about the deals we're doing together, how you're able to quit your job. I mean, you were a nervous wreck. I don't know if I should do this. I don't know if I should do this. And your wife, God bless her, she's like pushing you, like, come on, just do it, you know? And uh, it's so cool that you have a supportive wife there to to help you, to kick you in the in the nuts, you know, when you need it. <laughs> so um, that's awesome. Um, anything else you want to say? Just final parting words, words of advice to somebody just getting started in real estate, maybe wants to quit their job? Yeah, I, I say uh, write a plan and stick to it. Don't give up and make it a six-month plan um, and don't give up. I mean, the only thing that the only thing that kept us going is faith. And, and you mentioned my wife and God bless her. I couldn't, I couldn't have a better wife. You know, she, she really pushed me over that edge. And, you know, when you're the, the sole provider and I have been for, for a number of years now, um, there's a lot of pressure on you to, to provide. So, um, when you, when you have to now earn it on your own, it's, it's nerve wracking. Um, uh, but man, my wife is, is the reason that I'm here. You know, she really, she really pushed me in the right direction. But as far as um, advice for somebody, I would say create a plan and uh, stick to that plan and do not give up on that plan. I mean, there's nights where, you know, in the past, not so not so much today, where we were up till, you know, for us, 1130 or 12 late because we have a two year old. But, um, you know, we're up till 1130, 12 o'clock stuffing and stamping 50 to 100 letters because we didn't have the, the capital required to, to do it. And now we're, we're blessed enough that we're able to outsource some of that stuff. But um, whatever you've got to do to get there and to make that dream come true, when you're there, it's it's incredible. And, you know, I'll, I'll just share a quick story. Last week, um, we were able to go to Disney um, with my wife and, and her whole family. And we went from, I think she went on um, Monday and I showed up on Wednesday. But um, we don't live far from there. But we were able to take the whole week off and go to Disney. And last week we closed three deals. Yeah. Um, last week while we were out of town and calls came in and every morning I got to wake up and I got to walk my daughter to the little market and we got a cup of coffee and she would put change in this, um, uh, children's miracle network toy and get a glass of water and drink it and throw it away. And then we'd sit on the step and we'd talk for just 15 minutes or so. And then we'd walk back and it was just a half hour, 45 minutes in the morning but it was a moment where I got to realize how blessed I was to be truly living my dream, nice. which is being with my family and providing for them. And, uh, and we did all that, took calls, and closed three deals while we were on vacation at Disney. It was just it was incredible. You need to take more vacations, man. <laughs> agreed, agreed. We're you just need that. to do it. Go to go to every Disneyland in the in the world, right? There's three of them, maybe. There's Anaheim. Go to that one next in California, yeah. and then go to Paris. Is there, Is there one, one in Paris? Yeah, I think okay. so. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. It's it's just it's an incredible feeling to be to be as free as I feel today. And and my wife made mention of it earlier today as well, to the point that she was nearly in tears. And it's it's just really um, freeing. To, to be in the position that, that we're in. And this business has provided that for us, you know? And you're making more money now than you did when you were in your job. <laughs> yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it is. Okay. Well, cool, man. Thank you so much, Steve. Sure. Appreciate it. We're going to have some 
that that seller script and maybe a few other little things here in the show notes if you guys want to uh, to get some of that. Listen, if you if you're in the uh, Tampa St. Pete area and you want to partner with Stephen on some deals, I'm not going to give your phone number out on the podcast. Maybe we'll put a um, your email or something like that in the show notes. Is Perfect. that okay? Yeah, that'd be great. And uh, if you maybe want to lend some money, you want to buy some <laughs> deals, you want to sell some deals, Stephen has a lot of connections, and uh, he'll be able to partner with you on that. So, guys, go to realestateinvestingmastery.com. Uh, we sure appreciate you listening to the show. Leave us a review on iTunes if you like this stuff. And uh, thanks, Stephen. Take care. Say hi Take to your care. wife for me. Hey, guy. All right. We'll do. Thanks, guys. Thank you.